0: who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
2: A good morning, Thursday, final regular season edition of Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMahon, Jonah McDonald here with you. Uh, we've got two good guests, two regular guys, two guys you know well enough. Mike Gill, uh, <laughs> in the Thursday for us doing us so a solid uh, he'll join us at hour number one and then. Easy Ed Kratz in our number two. We haven't had Eddie on in a couple weeks. First time in 2024 for him. So uh, you got two good guests coming. You want to stay right here with uh, McMullen and McDonald. Johnny Mac, all is well with the world, according (laughs) to A.J. Brown. After yesterday's media gathering for about 15, 20 minutes in the Eagle locker room. Uh, Good on A.J. A.J. takes grief when A.J. acts up. So when A.J. does what's right, I think you got to give him credit. And yesterday, not only did he uh, kind of uh, wrap his arms around his coaching staff, he did his teammates as well. He shared the, hey, everybody's frustrated point of view, which I agree with. AJ's just a little bit more demonstrative about it than anybody else. I think it helped the team yesterday. Agree or disagree?
3: Um, Yeah, I agree. It it certainly doesn't hurt. Now, I got a lot of. I don't know if you did, Jody, but I got a lot of, oh, this will turn the Eagles season around. I go, it's a press conference. What are you, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I I think it's, you know, he should have spoken and he, he explained that he thought he was doing the right thing and realized that, you know, his teammates had to pick up the mantle because we're all asking them, you know, what's going on with AJ? Um, so he kind of came to that. You know, epiphany and 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 got back to work, so to speak. So from that standpoint, yeah, I think it's a positive. Though I think it's going to turn the season around. No, I think you know that's going to come on the field if it comes at all. And similar to what AJ said when he was protecting the coaches, they ain't, they ain't wearing cleats, you know, players. And he brought up this specifically the play in 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 the Arizona game, and you know if there's a block. Couple of inches to the left might be a big play, and that's I've been saying that for years. That's what Doug Peterson told me. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could be that small turn from negative four yards to 20 yards and probably win in the game. It could be that slight, slight of difference. So I'm with him, he's right. It's about the players first. I say it all the time good times, it's about the players first bad times it's about the players first and A.J. kind of let people in on that little secret which I think is a, a good thing
2: and it shouldn't be as big a secret as it is to some people who want to uh, always blame the coaching staff and he did specifically take Sirianni's back because there's a lot of speculation when a guy decides after the game I can't talk because my mama taught me if you don't have something nice to say don't say anything at all well well, and what the hell is he talking about? This speculation runs to the coaching staff, specifically the head coach, and it sounded to me like he's got no problems with Nick Sirianni whatsoever. Um, which, again, uh, my my surprise level of the amount of vitriol and and desire for action offing Nick Sirianni's head has surprised me this week. I just don't understand it. Don't get it. Well, a guy who's there, a guy who's among them, a guy who. Maybe you could wonder a little bit. Is he being handled correctly by the coaching staff? Now, I'm not defending A.J. for the way that he handles his own business, but uh, they they could throw the ball a little bit more to A.J. Brown. But uh, he took Jerry, Nick Sirianni's back 100%, which I think is a good thing um, for the Eagles at this juncture. you got one regular season game. Uh, people were throwing out the get right phrase. I starting. Did. Starting against Seattle, uh, leading into uh, the Giants, and again this week with Arizona, it's a get-right game. It's a get-right game. It's a get-right game. No, they got right against the Giants. They didn't get exciting against the Giants. They still need a get-right game again, depending on your definition, how you want to describe it. They need that, Johnny Mac, going into the playoffs. They need a confidence-lifting game against the Giants this week. And if you want to go down the road of, you you can't get that. It's impossible against the New York Giants because they're the New York Giants and they're five and 11. Maybe, but I'm not going to lack for trying. I'm not going to just go, well, since we can't do it because the Giants don't prove anything. That's a defeatist attitude. They have to go out and they need to get right. They need to build their confidence. I know there's veteran guys on this team. There's Super Bowl winning guys on this team. Not as many of them as you may think. There's a bunch of guys here that still have to prove to themselves and to their teammates, and thirdly, to the fan base, that they can get right and get back to the level that they were at or at least a hell of a lot closer to the level that they were at last year when they made the Super Bowl run as compared to this season.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. I'm scoreboard watching. Um, you know, I'm starting everybody, and if things start going in a negative direction uh, with Dallas and Washington, <clears throat> I'm going to start pulling guys. Um, you know, if you go back to 2021, we've already seen Nick Sirianni's thought process. You know, resting guys, and he he could have. I mean, they weren't a good team at that time. They were the last team in. Um, you know, but they got, it was unique and they couldn't change, uh, seating in, in the last week. And there was nothing to accomplish other than that kind of stuff. Feel good, whatever, play well, go into Tampa. I don't think it would have mattered either way. They decided to get there as healthy as possible. And even that didn't work out because you had the Josh sweat incident, uh, the night before the strange blood vessel bursting. So he couldn't play, but Um, obviously you can't control that kind of thing. Um, So, you know, and you see the Rams, the Rams aren't playing their guys this week. They're, they're in a similar situation. You know, they're not a great team. They're a surprise playoff team. Um, The 49ers aren't playing any of their people, obviously. So, you know, in theory, the Rams, Hey, let's go get some confidence, but they're going to err on the side of caution. Now, you got to play some guys. It ain't, it isn't the preseason. Everybody says treat it like a preseason game. Well, you don't have 90 players, so you can't treat it like a preseason game. But you can do, you can, you know, certain guys have to play because you only have a limited number of players that can dress. Um, and you can manipulate things as much as possible for your key players. But with the Eagles, they're still. I mean, everybody's just turning the page on Dallas and Washington, and they're probably right. But, I, I mean, Dallas hasn't played great at times on the road this season. It's a rivalry game. You know, one of those times when you got nothing to play for, you know, you, you always go for it on fourth down. Or who knows with Ron Perry. He's been the exact opposite of his reputation this year. But, I, you know, it's harder to pe- stop people when they're – you know using that extra down and doing some things quirky things happen in this league every week so i'm watching the scoreboard and i think it's pretty simple we'll see how nick handles it i would think you know knowing nick he would be even more cautious and try to rest as many people as possible um but we'll we'll, we'll see i mean slay talked yesterday and it you know probably doesn't matter to him either way but he was like he said what you said, basically. No, we need to play well. We need to go in there with a positive spin. Now, he's not going to play anyway, in my estimation. I, I I don't know that for a fact. And Nick said everybody's a possibility, and he was back at practice in a limited fashion. But I just find it very hard to believe they're going to put him out on that Met Life turf. Now, maybe if it were here, it would be different, but I, I don't think they're going to risk it. Um And we'll see how all that shakes out. But yeah, I would scoreboard watch. That's what I would do.
2: Well, let let me ask you a couple questions. Are you comparing the Eagles and the Rams this week? That the Rams are locked in, the Eagles are all but locked in. Not not locked in, because you're right. Washington could jump up and beat Dallas. Highly unlikely, but not a zero possibility. So are you putting the Rams and the Eagles in the same No, I'm putting Uh, the Rams in the
3: same category as the Eagles in 2021 when they rested everybody, Um, even though they were uh, a sort of a surprise playoff team trying to, trying to get into dance. And they could have used the situation to gain some confidence going into Tampa and all that kind of stuff. And they, they, they wanted to get there as healthy as possible. And I don't think it was going to matter either way, to be honest, but, um, and, and and that's the way they went. Now this year it's different because there is an opening to to go, and I think it's pretty significant opening from the number five seed to the number two seed. I think that's pretty stinking significant. Oh yeah. So as long as there's a chance, everybody's playing. In my mind, in my mind, everybody's playing. Now I'm going to watch the scoreboard, and if Dallas is up twenty-one nothing, yeah, I'm probably going to remove guys at that point
2: judiciously yeah i'm a little more dedicated to they need to get the entire team moving back in the right direction and part of that is expectations this season start they started they are still the defending nfc champions as we sit here today And they were supposed to be defending their NFC championship. Get back to the biggest game of all the Super Bowl and take another shot, if not a better shot, at winning it. Pulling guys in the last week of the season, when you haven't had a good game, a, a, a defending NFC championship level game in five weeks. I'm sorry, I can't do that if I'm the coach. I know what the goal was to start the season. I know what the expectations were to start the season. I have to get closer to those expectations. I have to get closer to that level of play. And you only got one more shot to do it before the playoffs start. Unless you're so cocky in the other direction. Well, we'll just get right in the opening playoff game. It's the five seed, whoever we have to be facing off against. I don't think you'd ever get any coach on this team to admit to that. And if they did, shame on them. No, you've got a game sitting in front of you get right now get right this week against the new york giants that's the way i'm looking at this game and what came is to me the biggest surprise yesterday was and tell me if i'm reading too much into this because you were there i i just saw it on tape after the fact nick sirianni was pretty outspoken about the fact that Devontae smith may play this week now you and I don't know how badly his ankle was turned. I know they put him on cast uh, uh, in a cast and a walking boot with crutches. So you read into that, whatever you're going to read into that. But he, without and Devonte, was one of only three players who didn't participate at all in practice. Understandably so. After he he talked about, yeah, Devonte's a possibility. If you're Uh, doing the we're not going to take any chances routine, there's no way, Devontae, he might not even get on the bus, tell him to keep his foot elevated in front of the TV and watch the birds from home. No, they're, they're talking about him actually playing this week, which gives me some hope that maybe that will be the Eagles game plan. We need to get back to being the Philadelphia Eagles of last year we need to play one game it's not going to change the overall as only you're only going to get the 12 win you can't replay the whole season in one last game against the giants at jet life stadium but you've got to be at least headed in that <laughs> I direction
3: like, i like the jet life reference but uh um yeah with the i mean yeah I, obviously now in hindsight the, the the walking boot and the crutches were cautionary um he, he was in the locker room yesterday, no walking boot, no crutches, uh, walking around pretty much fine. Now, that's a big difference walking from the showers to your locker versus you know being able to play in an NFL game. If I'm still a betting man, I'd say there's no way he's playing, again, on that turf. Uh, remember, it's Jet Life Stadium. We'll, just, we'll use MetLife. Everybody hates that turf. Everybody in this league hates that turf. I don't know how did the Jets do it. I feel bad for them. The Giants—they got to play their home games. Every visiting player, you ask them what the worst surface is in the NFL, they're going to say MetLife Stadium. Talked to Slay about it again yesterday. It's trash, she called it, and you know, went into a basically a tangent about billionaires fix it, blah blah blah. They got so much money, um, they hate it. Um, now you got to play on it. I mean, there's no, they played on it already this year. Um, and they got to play on it again. Nobody's happy about it though. And when you're talking about guys like Slay and Smith, I, who are already injured Slay's, you know, on his rehab, on his way back, I find it hard to believe they're going to throw him out there. Um, but we'll see, um, you know. And as I said, on in the same conversation, Slay took your test. He said, no, we got to play well. We got to play, we got to. We got to we got to get right essentially, um, going into the going into the playoffs. Um, you know, you called it a defeatist attitude earlier. I call I I would call it a realist attitude. There's nothing you're going to do. You just had a bunch of get right games and you weren't able to get right. There's nothing you're going to be able to do in this stinking game that makes people outside the building think you're right or think something and by the I'm way not, i'm get, not
2: worried about side i'm worried about inside the building
3: and and what, what what you mentioned the the expectations of fan base as well but i'll get to that and it, it, so that's been part of their problem who gives a crap about outside the building inside the building matters like you said and you know i i i take the same realist approach they know the new york giants aren't the san francisco 49ers or the dallas cowboys um they know that and they know where they are um i'm just trying to win if i'm nick Sirianni, i'm trying to win a game in tampa, new orleans, atlanta that's that's what that's the most likely scenario what's what's how do you do that what, what, what gives you the best opportunity? I I think, and again, I'm playing until the scoreboard tells me not to play, but I don't, I don't think there's much to gain by fighting. What if you're 14, 14 at halftime and you haven't gotten right. Now you're in a struggle. You know, I don't care about winning the game. Uh, as much as losing a player or losing a key player on that crappy turf, so I'm I'm going to err on the side of caution, unless there's a chance to get that number two seed. As long as there's a chance, and I don't care if it's five percent, twenty five percent, ninety percent, two percent, I'm I'm not closing that door until it's closed. And if the Cowboys are up twenty one nothing, it's probably closed, and I'm going to start pulling people.
2: Yeah, I'm playing a win this game. And yes, do I think that they can up their confidence level with a confidence-building win, a significant win against the Giants on the road going into Tampa, Atlanta, New Orleans next week? Yeah, those are comparable games. Right now, I don't know what their confidence level is against anybody. Anybody. They're going to beat the Arizona Cardinals in their own house. They got taken down by a three. Well, remember team. they
3: were facing Vince Lombardi, though. So you know, Tampa doesn't have Vince Lombardi. Arizona doesn't have Vince Lombardi. Now you're going uh, to get. I'm this sorry, Arizona does. I'm sorry. The,
2: the streamers are going to get on your case again because you're taking Jonathan Cannon's back to. Hey, the, I'm not the, the one. low uh, level.
3: I'm not the one who told you uh, he was the crappiest coach of all time. And then all of a sudden turned on the coin, turned on the dime and said, Oh, well, Gannon knows us so well. And he had a great game plan and he was Vince Lombardi. And I-. I'm not the one
2: who said that. Who called him Vince Lombardi? I'd really like to know. I called him Vince Lombardi. That's what I'm I mean. Saying- you are calling him Vince Lombardi. I don't know anybody else. who's called him Vince all right. Lombardi. If,
3: if, 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 if- We need a sarcasm font. My point is the Eagles acted like it was Vince Lombardi after the fact by saying, Oh, it was such a great game plan. He knows us so well. I'm saying they're full of crap. That's what I'm saying. It's sarcasm. If people want to believe that they're idiots in the stream. I'm saying you can't say the guy's the worst coach in the world and then turn around and say he's the best coach in the world. And he knows us so well. It's obviously somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. But the point I'm trying to make is there you you had opportunities to get, get get right game. You weren't getting right in this game. So if you can win the game and get the number one, number two seed, yeah, by all means, that's what you have to do. That's all that's all that matters. seeding. And as long as that seeding is up for grab. I'm I'm playing my guys. The minute it isn't, I'm not playing my key guys. It's
2: pretty all simple right. for me. Whoever's playing, be it uh, 100% of the starters, 80% of the starters, 60% of the starters, and that's about all you can get down to because as John correctly points out, you only got so many subs. It isn't a 100-man roster. You just can't pull all your starters and put backups in. Whatever that percentage is, if they win – 24-23 this week. They're dead in the water. They got no shot in the playoffs. I, I will probably pick if against they would, them week if one they and lose, week two.
3: If they lose to the New York Giants, they have a chance to win in the first week. I'm not they saying can. they're going to win, but those teams aren't good. Any you're, of the odds. Ob- you give them a
2: chance against the Cowboys in Dallas and San Francisco? No, as probably, as probably as not. As well? Okay. But
3: that's, but that's week two. Week one, uh, yes. It doesn't matter what happens.
2: They so did, what they, would what would that week 1 win on the road against whoever the uh lesser champion of the NFC South actually achieve for the Philadelphia Eagles?
3: Well, I don't know. You know, we're going to bring Mike Gill. Mike Gill and I have been talking about this for over a decade now about how sports have changed and nothing matters. Nothing matters except especially when you get to this um this level where the Eagles are Super Bowl or bust and nothing matters. If they don't get the Super Bowl, I would argue with you, it is astonished me. And I said this yesterday on Mike's show. To, to to this day, so many Eagles fans don't look at making the Super Bowl last year as an accomplishment because they that's didn't just, win it.
2: That's just foolishness.
3: Uh, but I, if, I mean
2: if an Eagle fan this year wants to after the fact say, beating Tampa in Tampa the week after they finish the regular season by whatever they win by. Uh, we won't make it too outrageous either way. We won't make it one point. We won't make it three touchdowns. They beat Tampa by a touchdown next week. But then turn around and get their tails handed to them in Detroit and Dallas, uh, in, in San Francisco or Dallas. Yeah, the season's a failure. Well, And season- I don't think that's wrong. I don't think Eagle Fan, a fan who would hold them to their standard, and or an Eagle player who would hold them to that standard. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think well, you go, well, they made the playoffs. They won 12. Games. I didn't say that a playoff game. It's, a, are it's a failure.
3: It that That's, that's fine. Based on the expectations. I don't disagree with that, but there's a bunch of people who act like it doesn't matter. I don't know. Does, does, Sydney Brown played well in that game. Does Slay get hurt again? Does Kaylee Ringo play well in that game? Does Jalen Carter play well in that game? Does Jordan Davis play well in that 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 playoff win? Any young player you want to throw out there, you got to roll out there if they contribute. Yeah, it means something. Is it the, the, is the season a disappointment based on expectations? Sure, that those two things aren't mutually exclusive, but there's a whole generation of sports fans. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Why do we play these damn games? Nothing matters. So if Tampa Bay, if a win over Tampa Bay, let's just say that happens and they get waxed this second week, nothing matters. So why are we talking about the New York Giants in week 18? If if that doesn't matter, that sure as hell doesn't matter. The New no, York you're, Giants. You're
2: saying it doesn't matter. I say it does matter. Well. I, I say it, they, they, they still have the possibility of getting right and building momentum, and carrying it one week into the other. The Eagles subs winning a close game and or getting beat by the Giants this week decreases the possibility of getting on that roll, as unlikely as it may and be, I, 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 I to, did not the say the minimalist it. of possibilities.
3: I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying everything matters. I'm saying I'm trying to win that week. When John, you I can say
2: everything matters when you say you're not going to play your players this week against the Giants.
3: Because I'm trying to win the first game of the playoffs. I'm trying to get to win the – that's my first goal. I can't win the second game until I win the first game. I'm trying to get to the second game. You're talking in hindsight. Now, what if they get blown out?
2: Oh, yeah. What if they get blown out? I'm saying you need to win both games to give yourself a chance in that second game of the playoffs. A a pass on this game – I think reduces your chance of the win two weeks down the road. And against I'm not
3: giving members. him a pass on this game. I said I'm scoreboard watching. I said I'm starting. I don't even know if Nick's going to start players. I'm starting everybody, and I'm scoreboard watching. But I'm also realistic. And if it's twenty-one nothing and Dallas is waxing Washington, yeah, I'm not going to risk Jalen yeah, Hurts. You're trying, I'm not to, gonna find, risk you're trying to
2: find a middle. I I don't think this is a middle game. I think you're either all in or all out. Either you're trying with every single fiber that you have to not only win, but build your confidence level, or... Yeah, we're just gonna roll the dice the rest of the way. We win, we lose, whatever. We're gonna just. uh, The build-up Eagles
3: aren't building or losing competence with the New York Giants.
2: They're just. Yeah, see, I I think they can. I disagree with you on that. All right, Mike Gill is uh, waiting for us. We're gonna punch him up from the Sports Pass down the shore. Gill next here on Bird's Three Sixty Five.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit
1: Do you
5: stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
2: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. McMullen, McDonald, and Mike Gill from down the shore. Who's moving again? You gotta get that computer in that perfect place, Gil. I, I appreciate your dedication. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. What kind of t shirt you got on today? We see it's Nike. Who are you repping? Bandy. Andy built.
3: A little Jordan Matthews, love.
7: A, I was another- in Nashville. I was in Nashville this summer, toward the campus. You know, they're uh re- they redid the stadium there. I don't know what it looked like during the year, but it was there was nothing there when I went. Nothing in August. The bandy no. stadium? That the two end zones were completely gone. They're redoing really? like the the seating down there. Um, it's all right, campus. A little, I would think for a, such a prestigious university that the campus would have more cachet to me of all the campus. Hey, but I think I Nashville.
3: Nashville is a great burgeoning city as well. So
7: um. you know, people keep saying that, and I had a good time, but I think I would like. It's so small that I think you would get bored there after a while.
3: Well, you're you you're not a bridesmaid. That's a big bridesmaid True. hangout.
7: No. And what it is is a country music
2: town. If you don't like country music, get the hell out. Why the hell would you even begin to show up in Nashville if you don't like country music? that That's all you need to know about Nashville. And all you need to know is Mike Gill wears T-shirts from universities that would not accept Jordan McDonald, John McMullen, or Mike Gill. But uh, somehow he's proud to don a Vanderbilt T-shirt. All right, uh, Gill, uh, break the debate for us. There are three potential ways the Eagles can handle this game against the Giants. One is... Let's be honest. The Cowboys aren't losing to the Commanders here. They're going to win. We're going to be in the fifth seed. We're going to have to play in the playoffs. We need to protect everybody on this god awful field that John McMahon is describing as like a a minefield that no one can possibly play on because the Turfers is. Hey, it ain't me.
3: It's the players. Yeah. Players.
2: How did they play on the field? How did the Jets get Aaron Rodgers to uh, sign to play on? The worst turf in the national football. I because will say men, on the whole field,
7: suck. the whole field thing at MetLife. And by the way, Colin Thompson was on my show yesterday. I asked him about the field. He said it's awful. But my point is, never heard this before until this year. Did it just all of a sudden become No, the worst?
3: they've been talking about it for
7: years. But right. I feel like this is the first year we've heard how bad it is. I don't think in previous years anyone ever said, oh, that horrible – Like. to the point that it's so bad that, like, I don't even think you could play your – the Eagles can put any guys on that field. It's so bad. It's like I've never heard that before.
3: No, they play there all the time. But I'm just saying the players hate playing there. Heating. Yeah, oh, I'm not doubting that. My point is
7: I have never heard so much outward, you know, uh, so much of of people saying how bad it is. I'm not doubting that the players hate it. I've just never actually heard – the players or people say how bad the surface is there. This is the first year that I've heard like, it's like common knowledge how bad it is. I'm like, I it's, didn't know that.
2: It's been it's been raised to a new level. I agree with yeah. you there, Mike, but it it's never been a good, since they built the goddamn stadium, it hasn't been a good yeah. surface. Yeah. Um, but, oh, if it snows this week, maybe they should cancel the game because God forbid any players go out and not play on pristine field. That's,
3: that's, that's, uh, you know, it's funny because they used to. I mean, bet stadium was atrocious right? it, it, for many years, but now there's so much money involved. I think the players are like, and that's what Slay said yesterday it's like they mo, yeah, and he was cursing. <laughs> they make so much damn money, fix it. It's not hard to fix. Uh, so I think that's the frustration from their standpoint. Uh-huh. It's easy so, to fix.
2: Some, some might say it is hard to fix, aka. Last year's Super Bowl. It's really easy to say after the fact. Go, oh, just fix it. Um, all right, so uh, the, just sit, everybody. Take your 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 best nine players and go, you're all out. And figure out how to fill in the blanks thereafter and protect who you need to protect. Or, as John is suggesting, you're middle of the road. In. Keep an eye on the scoreboard. Cowboys are close. You keep trying to win up until the Cowboys go ahead by two touchdowns and go, all right, we got to go back to in the protection mode and you pull your key guys or my take, which is forget the Cowboys. Their score is irrelevant. You as the Philadelphia Eagles have to feel good about yourself going into the postseason and they have exactly zero momentum right now. Whatever the momentum it is that I can build up by beating the snot out of the New York Giants by three touchdowns, I want to take. So I'm playing my guys this week to try and get right. Of those three choices, what would Mike Gills be?
7: This game has so many great conversational hypotheticals, right? It's awesome for the next couple of days for a game about a team that I agree, I, I, that has apathy around it. I, we ran a poll the other day. Which team in 2024 are you most excited about? The Eagles playoff run, Sixers, Flyers, or Phillies? The Eagles came in last.
3: Last. 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 I couldn't believe when Mike told me
7: that. Right, last. So the apathy around this team is unbelievable. So the hypotheticals around this game, to me, and I brought this up yesterday as well, Jody, I don't think I can take any. Like if the Eagles win 38-3 to and look good, that's not changing anybody's mind, right? It's just not. You're playing the Giants. Nobody cares. You know, we had people when they played the Giants the last time. Well, even if they beat the Giants, it's only the Giants. I don't care. I think people are at the point of the opponent in this game will give you no indication of where this team is. So, to me, I'm taking the bye week and just getting into the playoffs healthy, mind fresh, clear, and almost like a fresh start and see if you just can't hit the switch come playoff time. Because – Quite frankly, I know going on the road is a tall task, but you already think you have a tall task. So your path is probably best starting right now from five rather than three.
2: Let me me ask you a question, and I'll try and and thread the needle here. Let's say you're playing the Lions in Detroit this week. It's not the Giants. It's the Mm -hmm. Lions in Detroit, a team that's going to make the playoffs like you, you know you're not going to play them in the first round because if you win, they're a divisional winner. They already got their division. To talk to. So it's not a you're giving anything away, but it's a, a team that's in the playoffs going to be hosting a game, not a team that's 5-11 and 11 like the Giants is. Would you play differently?
7: That's a good question, and it's fair. I probably would say no based on so – Well, then, the pop- then don't
2: give me about you can't win anything against the Giants. If the answer is you're playing a team that's going to be in the playoffs and exactly the same – but you wouldn't play your guys anyway. Well, then I don't want to hear about the Giants. Based, you on, the based Giants. So on, your stance Jody. is you can't win anything this week. You don't think beating anyone this week will wipe out the uh, previous five weeks of the Eagles just happened? No.
7: Well, it, based on the fact that I could face the Lions in the playoffs, and I might not want to show them anything at this stage of the season. So there is a little bit of as the Eagles love, competitive exactly. advantage. All right, you wanna,
2: you, you're want you going to make me go another direction. And don't please don't give me the Super Bowl, okay? Let's say you were playing the Jaguars this week, a team that's going to win a division, should win a division. They got everything to play for this week in the other conference. You're not facing them in the playoffs to let you get to the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you're playing the Jaguars, who are a better team
7: than the Giants, who are heading mm-hmm. to the postseason, would you play your guys or would you sit your guys? I still think I'm at the point in my mind. Now, I do see both values of getting some reps. And and, and I talked about this with Colin yesterday. As a player, would you want to play or would you want to sit out? It just, you know, I think for me, and I don't know that there's a right answer here. For me, I think this team is at the point of they need a break. They need a week off. They need to just get <laughs> away from the game. Because, look, and they're not the Raiders. The Raiders scored zero points one week. They scored sixty-three the next. So you were so inept one week that, and then you were the greatest offense of all time the next. People have this belief that one game that the momentum is going to carry over to the next. It's bullshit. It's not happening. The, the 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 Players are different. The schemes are different. The game plans are different. The matchups are different. Styles make fights every week. So whatever you did one week does not carry over to success the next week just because you played well against the Giants. So to me, the best option is to just get away from the game for a week or two and get your mind right, body right, and ready to be refocused for hopefully your best shot at a run in the playoffs, which no one is giving you a shot right now. Doing anything in the snow against the Giants is probably not changing that at all. If they win 38-3 over the Giants, are you really going to come on Monday, Jody, and say, you know what, I think there's a Super Bowl run coming? No, of course not. I'm going
2: to say I think they got a better chance than if they beat the Giants 24-23 or lose to the Giants 24-23. Damn straight, it's moving the needle for me.
7: All right, well, then you're a much more positive guy than me. So with that, I I look at it like that. Like I said yesterday, AJ Brown of all the guys on this team. If you said, go get a guy, get him out here. And I want (laughs) to ask him questions. He's the guy I want to hear from. He's the only guy I would think would tell me the truth. Brandon Graham, way too positive. Everything's great. Fletcher Cox. Yeah, we got to get it right. We got to do same with Kelsey. Who's great. He'll give you some emotion, but AJ Brown's going to give it to you. Here's the problem. AJ Brown doesn't play defense. So I might think that A.J. Brown can get some things going on offense. And I, quite frankly, as much as the offense has been frustrating, there is a part of me that feels like, hey, they can click at any moment because they have the talent to do so. He can't speak for that defense, which stinks. So the problem is whether they play great against the Giants or don't play, that defense right now I think has nobody to speak for them to make us all believe that they can just turn the corner. So regardless, I think your answer could be right, Jody. John's middle-of-the-road answer and mine sitting them out. Three different views I don't think it's helping them because that defense stinks. And, you know, throughout the season, I'm a big person. of I don't care. You know, there was a year, 2019, the Eagles lost to the Dolphins who were trying to tank, right? They were trying (laughs) to tank that year. They lost to the Dolphins. It was an embarrassing loss, and everybody said, that's it. They stink. They can't do it. They won four games in a row and went to the playoffs and, and almost won a game or two in yeah. that playoff run. That now, team, who, who, who are you referencing here? I'm sorry I missed that, Mike. The, the 2019, 2019 they yeah, played okay. the Dolphins in a game where the Dolphins were tanking. It's when and they Stephen Ross was
3: uh, trying to pay Brian Flores the tank. <laughs>
7: Yeah, and everybody bailed on them. They're the worst team. If you lose to the Dolphins, how can you beat anybody else? Well, they went and won four straight games to end the season and went to the playoff. They won the division that year. So whatever happens in one game, to me, is not a big carryover. I'm a big person of looking at what you're sealing. When you played your best game, what could you do? The problem is they played their best game, you could say, defensively against Miami. Maybe the Tampa game. The problem is the personnel is different and the, the the players are different. It's not the same level of ceiling for me on that defense. To me, that offense can score 40 and the defense will give up 44. So the offense, people keep complaining about. Scored 24 points last week and had the ball for 20 minutes. What's the what's the big personnel
2: change from that Miami? I won't go all the way back to Tampa. I think the Miami is their best game because shutting down Tampa off shutting down Tampa's offense is not as impressive as slowing down Miami's offense. What's big been the big personnel change on defense? And it's not the same defense.
7: It's not been a big personnel change. It has been an inability to like it's a great question because you would think Kevin Byers an upgrade over Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans. Um, James Bradbury has lost two steps. He gets cooked every week. So you might <laughs> say early in the year, maybe he was playing better. He has not displayed any ability to cover in the last, what, eight weeks? It is almost like Pretty he much. lost two, two steps right in front of our very eyes. Even if Slay is not having a bad year, he's, we talked about this yesterday, John and I, Every single guy last year on this defense had their best season of all time, and there was no way they were going to duplicate it. We just didn't know they were going to take a step back in some cases or two steps back in <coughs> other. Well, others. So one,
2: one did, T.J. Edwards.
7: Oh, well, he took two steps right out the door, and I talked about this a lot, the people who hated John Gannon. I said, you can hate Gannon all you want at his scheme. The scheme is what the scheme is. We don't like the scheme. But he had multiple guys on this team play the best season that they've ever had in their career. Yep. So whether you liked him or not, he had them playing. Hassan Reddick is not the same player. Josh Sweat is not the same player. Brandon Graham, not the same player. Fletcher Cox, not having the same year. Slay, not having that the is, same year. fletcher
2: had been pretty good. He was yeah. he was not not non-existent this past week, but before that, Fletcher's had a good season. He had a very he had a very good season last yeah. year. He had a very very comparable years last year and this year. John, agree, so, disagree?
7: Okay, no, well, I on, think, on, on yeah, the, I think Fletch Fletch say, Fletcher's been well. been the same. The two yeah. linebackers, obviously, um, I think the linebackers are so unquantifiable. Like,
3: well, now Zach saying- Cunningham is Roquan Smith. Evidently, everybody's talking about Zach and physicality and him getting back. But to Jody's point about Miami, oh, it's part personnel is why, because Slade went out, Zach went out, Abonte Maddox has been out for a long time. That, to me, is the hope with the defense. Can those three guys elevate them from terrible to okay? And if they can do that, then they can win some games and because the, they can outscore some people
2: yeah but correct me if i'm wrong slate played against both the 49ers and the cowboys in dallas
3: he did but he was hurt uh, and and he and he had knee surgery i well you could you, i mean he had knee surgery I, I, he has been playing through it and he might not be 100% i mean there's something that 33 yeah
7: he and might when he not gets be back, he's going to be coming off of 4 weeks of knee surgery uh, and you're going to say, hey, he's back and he's I mean, to me, it's just the the writings of the wall with this defense. Everybody complained about Brian Johnson and the offense and the bubble screens. They scored 24 points last week. They only had the ball for 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's not aesthetically pleasing, but they're scoring enough points. If you score 31 points in an NFL game. You should goddamn win the game. Yeah. Right. You yeah. got to win the game at 31 points in an NFL game. I know one came off of an interception return. Their offense is part of the problem, but that defense for me, I can't trust that defense in any stretch of the imagination.
3: Now, why could you? But my point with those three players, more than look, Slay might not be what Slay once was, but he's better than anybody else they have. And if sure. he's playing, Ricks and Ringo aren't playing. If Zach Cunningham's playing, Shaq Leonard's not playing.
7: You can make a a strong argument that Ringo and Ricks have played better than Bradbury, and that Bradbury shouldn't be on the
3: field. Uh, Well, I'm not going to go that far, but yeah, Bradbury hasn't played well. But I'm going to I'm going to ride with with Bradbury and hope there's some improvement, and maybe there isn't going to be improvement because he's had a bad season.
7: The thing is, those guys in the back end, it is what it is. Like if Bradbury's good and Slay is good, this defense is predicated on getting pressure, and they're getting zip. No pressure. Buckus, Zippo, Redick, and Sweat have not had any. Okay, I know you're not a big sack guy. Sacks number. They're not getting pressure. They're not even, you know, they can't even get a handshake. They still, they the still
3: have more pressures than they had last year, which is astonishing to me, by the way. Astonishing. Well,
7: over, they were on a higher pace of last year, about eight weeks into the season. Since about that time, they have gone radio silence, Um it's yeah you know, they the haven't run, played well they the haven't run defense well. you give up over 200 yards to the arizona cardinals in the ground you know I, I liken this to you know mike tyson losing to buster douglas for a while there he was invincible nobody even wanted to try to run the ball once somebody ran a ball this team they said why were everybody afraid of this run defense jordan davis no help in the run game uh, carter certainly not the same impact that he had. I know the linebackers have been in and out, so they're not helping as much against the run. The run defense is supposed to be the strength. I remember when they played Tampa Bay, that was week two, they were giving up like 50 yards a game, and you're like, are they even going to try to run on this team? Well, they didn't try to run on this team (laughs) because nobody could. And then as soon as somebody did, everybody did. It was like, this defense people were afraid of, get out of here. So they can't stop the run. They don't get enough pass rush. They tackle awful. Awful tackling, bad defense. By the
3: way, and, and, and Nick Siriani brought this up yesterday, uh, to the tackling. Yeah, they they were atrocious against Arizona. They're the third best tackling team in the NFL. And and people think they can't tackle, Woo. which they can't tackle, but nobody can tackle. <laughs> so I I don't necessarily think that those were the um worst run fits I've seen all season. I mean, guys just out of gaps. Um, and and you start to say, all right, why why is that at this point in week uh 17? Why is it that bad? And a lot of people gave you oh, Ganning schemed it up and this and that, and he knows the Eagles defense. Um boy, it was bad. And 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 part of the reason is I don't think it could be that bad again. Um, I think they're gonna overcorrect. So Nick brought it up. By missed tackle percentage, they're third best in the NFL. That's um, crazy. If you look at PFF, they're fourth best tackling team. Um nobody tackles. So mm-hmm. but when you're not when it really shows up is when you're not in those run fits where you're supposed to be. Then you got those big gash and gains and then Connor can break tackles. Um yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly last week and but it's good that part of it, I don't worry about because that's going to self correct. The bigger issue is that they got to get look, I think it's great long term. Ringo getting some experience, Rick's getting some experience. But if they want to win playoff games, they can't be on the field. Same thing with Shaq Leonard. Um, he's more of a veteran player with him. He got here so late, you can't expect too much. Certainly, Ben Van summerin I mean, you can't have Ben, ben Sumer on the field expect to win playoff games. No, he's got to be off the field. So, yeah, that's so their it, only hope. Is
2: it Nicholas Morrow by process of elimination? Oh
3: yeah, Nick's Nick's got to play. Nick's got to play. Nick yeah. and Zach. Nick and Zach. That's the best you have. So that's who you have to play.
2: It's not there's not quite of- good enough for me, but uh, there's nothing you can do about it now. But my guy just uh, got to thank you because you helped to make a point for me um the eagles who have more pressures this year than last year and the defense has gone down significantly from this from last year to this year tells you how overrated pressures are when sacks disappear your defense disappears and that's what's happened to the eagles defense this year so i stand by my sacks are really important statistic um let me see if you both agree if if I lose this one, I'm just going to probably have to resign. <laughs> um, one guy who night. needs to play. 90% of the snaps this week for me is Avante Maddox. And I know he's coming back off an injury, and you'd like to be he's careful. He's hurt with again, him. by the
3: way. He's got an elbow injury. He was limited.
2: Can't trust those guys from Pitt. I'm going to uh, use a phrase Mike Gill used just earlier here in the show. Last week, Avante Maddox sucked. Yeah. He was friggin' terrible. He got the worst PFF grade on the entire Eagle team. Offense, defense, anywhere. Ooh, we're getting Avante Maddox back. That takes that big problem off our plate. We've been terrible in this life. We've been running guys in and out and in and out and in and out. Oh, we got Avante back. He was awful. You talk about rest versus Russ, forget rest. He's got Russ dripping off him. He needs to play every single snap because if you're going to move on to the playoffs, you're going to need Avante to be at least a portion of a, what Avante Maddox can be. Do you agree? He's got to play this weekend.
7: Yeah, no, he, he definitely, as much as you're so concerned about him getting hurt, um, he's got, I mean, you're right. He was terrible last week. And to me, He's a big key of why this defense has has had some issues in that area. I mean, when he went out, how many different guys have played slot corner? I mean, he he is – look, I'm a West Virginia guy. I have to say a pit guy, although you can't trust a pit guy. That's why. That's the problem. You can't trust a pit guy. But he has played very well when he's been out there healthy. But he just constantly keeps getting hurt. But I do agree that he is one of the few guys – that I want to see get out there, play a full game, play again. He had last week where he was really bad. Uh, just kind of get that rust off. Now get another game where you can play. Now it's a bad turf to have to put these guys that might be snowing out there. Uh, but, yeah, he would be one guy that I want to see. You know, you know, obviously you can't sit everybody. People have to play. And you mentioned um, Shaq Leonard. I have not seen one Thing from Leonard and I was it was like people thought they were going to sign this guy he was going to help this defense out uh so you know getting he that actually, effect, he actually
2: I- played well against the Giants he had a good game he had a, a one really great play to kind of stood out he wasn't terrible against the Giants other than that he's kind of sucked Him right,
7: around a lot today Shaq Leonard has be- done more sucking than playing yes Right, but he would be a guy that I would play and maybe if I see something from him in the game to say, all right, I, but give him a chance to play more. Bayard might be a guy because Bayard, you know, you make this trade for this guy and you're thinking, man, we got this all pro safety. He's really going to change that position. That was a revolving door. That position still hasn't really stood out at all. Um, you know, they, they, the Maddox guy, kid uh, role I certainly would play. By the way, did anybody else find it perplexing? That they activated Rashad Penny, didn't give him a carry, and inactivated deactivated yeah. Roby.
3: Well, they had four players who were active that didn't play. Um, you know, one is Marcus Mariota, which doesn't matter, but you rarely see that. Um, yeah, why yet why you why is he active? Now they didn't play a lot of offensive snaps. Yeah. Maybe that played into it, maybe they thought. They were going to have a lead and that was going to be the Rashad Penny coming that, that you know, close out the game with the big lead type of thing. Um, but it's weird that you have that many available players not playing. Um, yeah, it was a little bit strange uh, at Mike Gill show. Make sure you follow uh, Mike on X slash Twitter. Um, 97.3, the sports bash every afternoon, two to six. You know. By the way, and, that, and and I wanted to do this on purpose, and yeah, it wasn't brought up, and I got to bring it up at this point. I, 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 I haven't seen many people write about it. I wrote about it. Am I the only one who looked at A.J. Brown yesterday? And, like, I don't care about the other stuff. Maybe because I know A.J., and I know it's what he's talking about. I know what he feels. Maybe it's because of that. He said something yesterday that just blew my mind. And that was the Seattle game and the interception. Yeah. And he and Jalen Hurts were improvising on that particular play. And he gave, and he said, Nick is looking like a fool to cover for us. He used that terminology. Mm-hmm. They're out there freelancing, improvising on the biggest spot of a game that lost them in the game. And I haven't seen any, what the hell is going on here? Now, we didn't get, we talked to Nick before we talked to AJ. So we're, you know, obviously we're going to ask Nick at some point. Um, probably won't be until Friday.
7: Uh,
3: th- does that alarm you guys at all?
7: Yeah. Oh, I, you know, we talked about it yesterday. You peel the onion deeper from that comment is, well, how long has that been going on? Yeah. And is anybody how getting, you, how often does it happen? Yeah. That's very how often good. do you go off script in a season where the offensive coordinator consistently getting, Criticized for play calling, and how often is that happening? Is there any repercussions? Is anybody saying, Hey, we called this and you guys did this? If you do it again, are we at the point where you know the players are just having no respect for the coaches? Now, I asked yesterday, I think AJ Brown was the perfect guy to go talk because I don't think they sat him down and say, You're going to go out there and you're going to make sure you back these coaches and you're going to make sure that everything's good. I think legitimately he went out there and spoke his mind yep. whereas you know you could say hey this guy went out there and spoke and he said yeah oh, the coaches are good we ride with them and you might have said eh, they told him to say all that I don't think they said that with A.J. Brown but my question would be then so why would A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts two of the leaders of this team just go off script whenever they feel like it and how long does that happen how many times like would Patrick Mahomes just say to Andy Reid eh thanks a lot buddy Nice play call. I ran my own play.
3: Well, yeah, Patrick would, but uh, you know, he's yeah. th-
7: th- it's one right. thing to Bad improvise. Mahomes well, yeah. is probably more likely to do it than yeah. any other quarterback. It, so it, then, so are we well, saying then it's okay, John?
3: Well, no, to me, there's a difference between improvising off schedule. That's fine. Jalen Hurts does it all the time. There's no issues at that point when the play breaks down and you're just trying to make a play like the third and 20s. To, to AJ a couple weeks ago and he's extending the play that's what Patrick does with the arm angles that to me is part of the game that's what part that what's, that is what makes them great um, but this is a play this is a play where they just threw it, they just threw a go route and we talked about it a lot and Nick Sirianni's answer was weird and we talked about it and he said we're trying to draw a passer. Well, who the hell draws up a play to draw a passer appearance? Now, you hope Brad Allen's out there making a bad call for you, I guess. But that's not something you hang your hat on. It was just the worst explanation ever. Now we kind of find out why there's all this harangue. Well, back I
7: love that A.J. Brown said he looked like a fool. <laughs> like his yes. Answer yeah. yes. Oh, he did. Yes. He'd- Being honest. Yeah. what yeah, to, so- to him. Yeah. But
2: I, and I guess I got to go back and watch that play again. I think I still got the Seattle game uh, on, on DVR. That was an off-schedule play. He was out of the pocket. So
3: no, we, that, he dropped back and threw a go route. He didn't look off the safety. That's what it looked like on film. He went for the deep shot against Seattle with A.J. Brown, kind of underthrew it. The safety, Julian Love, came over and made a great interception. No, it wasn't off schedule. That was dropping back and throwing a go-route. From the and,
7: pocket it was?
2: Yeah, yeah.
7: Well, it's yeah. almost like one of these things where A.J. Brown says to Hertz, I'm going to be open, just throw it up, I'll get it. You know,
3: Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and, and that, to me, creates more questions and opens uh, Pandora's box. Um, because if that wasn't the play call, I mean – I, I don't know I I haven't seen I guess because of all the other stuff that people were focused on I was my I was catching flies my jaw was uh, I'm like what 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 is this varsity blues what are you what are you what are you just taking over I mean uh, it, it it shocked me uh, but I guess it hasn't shocked as many other people
2: it bothers me i'll 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 agree with you john all right uh mike gill always a pleasure we appreciate whatever you do come on looking forward to next week's t-shirt you got to step up your t-shirt game in 2024 buddy there's people gotta know what mike gill's t-shirt's gonna be on a week-in week-out basis looking
7: forward i got something great for you next week
2: next
4: week oh what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
2: He's got a playoff t shirt, ladies and gentlemen. He's up in his game. Uh, we'll get you back on Wednesday next week into your regular slot. Thanks for adjusting the Thursday for us, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks, Mike, Mike Gill from uh, the Sports Bash ESPN Radio 97.3 down the shore. And he gets McMullen up as a guest as often as possible. Smart man, that Mike Gill. All right, Jody McDonald, John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. We got. Easy Eddie Cratch joining us in less than 20 minutes. So you want to stick around. McBowen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Uh, we've got special Ed Kratz coming up in less than 15 minutes from now. Um, Johnny Mac, do need your take on this. We haven't mentioned an hour and five minutes into the show. We haven't mentioned the Eagles in the Pro Bowl. Uh, but before we go there, we supp- and Jalen Hurts, by the way, not a Pro Bowl quarterback.
3: No, Matthew
2: Stafford. They take, Stappard, uh, they take up. three. It's not yeah. like they take one or two. They'd take three, and Jalen wasn't one of the three, which is kind of telling as to the season that Jalen Hurts has had. Uh, But I I, I was maybe a little disappointed he didn't make it. I can't say shocked. Um, But I was pretty much shocked. Do you believe Josh Allen didn't make the AFC Pro Bowl at quarterback?
3: He should have made it, but, yeah, I mean – I I never get, I guess I never get shocked by pro bowl voting a lot of, you know, but he has a reputation and he plays well. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously Lamar's going to make it uh, two is going to make, who was the third?
2: That Mahomes Um, guy.
3: Oh, Mahomes. Yeah. Well, there's reputation. Mahomes shouldn't have made it this year. It's crazy. Exactly
2: right. Josh Allen should have made it over Patrick Mahomes.
3: I agree with that. Um, But I, you know, and I'll still say Patrick's the best quarterback in football, but he hasn't had the greatest year. He hasn't had the best round. He hasn't yeah. had a
2: Pro Bowl year.
3: Yeah. So fourth best I,
2: quarterback I, in the AFC.
3: But again, yeah, I mean the reputation is in his case what it is, and rightfully so. I mean, he's tremendous, but yeah, I mean Josh Allen should have made it ahead of him this year. I I think that's fair.
2: I don't quite understand Alan not making I know he throws picks, but uh, he also makes plays that even the great Patrick Mahomes though, can't make. All right. So the Eagles get six Pro Bowlers five on offense, one on, one defense, on defense. Yeah. And truth be told, again, now we're back into the same old conversation we have too often. Hassan Reddick made the Pro Bowl as an outside linebacker. Yeah. And he is not a linebacker. As per McMullen's definition, as per McDonald's definition, as per most people's definitions, he's an edge player. But they continue to, in their press releases, the way they list them, he is considered an outside linebacker. How? I just can't wrap my head around, even the way that they put together the Pro Bowl rosters. And again, It's not even a game anymore. It's now turned into a skills competition. Uh, I don't know why this bothers me the way that it does, but it does. You're not even filling out a team. You're not going to play any games. So why am I getting worried about whether he's an outside linebacker or an edge or a defenseman? I am because you and I both been doing this for a long time. It's, it's part of the conversation as to judge a player in the moment, in the year, for his entire career? How many Pro Bowls did you make? How many All-Pros? The fact that they're still calling him an outside linebacker. John, was, by by the standards that they've always used for the Pro Bowl, was Hassan Redick a Pro Bowl player this year in your mind?
3: I don't think so. Um, And, you know, it's funny because Hassan always felt that you know, reputation hurt him getting into the pro bowl. Now that he's gotten there, now he's the reputation guy getting a pro bowl nut. So that's how it works. And um, that's where, where it is. And um, yeah, the, the larger term, and you know, it's one of my pet peeves, the NFL. And that's part of the reason why there's so much misinformation. And, you know, my only conspiracy theory is, they don't want to clearly delineate positions to help the owners when it comes to paying guys cuz certain positions lower the um the standard versus deck. yeah versus versus everybody else so that's you know i i can't think of another reason why they everybody calls them edge players like you know <laughs> where it matters but if you start you know talking about defensive end versus linebacker Kyle Pitts, you remember a couple years ago was saying, well, I'm really a receiver because receivers get paid more than tight ends. Um, And, you know, otherwise, I don't know why they do it, but they keep doing it and it drives me insane. Um, But yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody on that defense deserves a pro bowl nod to be honest.
2: And I, I feel bad doing it because, uh, I think this was even before Birds 365 started um, when Hassan Reddick left the Cardinals and signed one year with his former coach uh, from Temple to go be a Carolina Panther for one year. I railed all off season. The Eagles should have interest in Hassan Reddick. The Eagles should be bidding on Hassan Reddick. Why wouldn't you bring Hassan Reddick in here? He's not getting a mega deal. His numbers as per his draft status, have made him an undervalued player. It's not like you got to open up the bank and how he's and how he's willing to pay for defensive line anyway. So why would it be outrageous to sign a guy like Hassan Reddick? So I lobbied heavily for him to become an Eagle a year before he became an Eagle. And then he became an Eagle. And I celebrated Howie Roseman for the signing. Sorry, Hassan, you weren't a Pro Bowler this year. <laughs> you know I'm in your corner. You know how big a fan I am. But I'm just giving you an honest opinion. You didn't have a Pro Bowl year. Josh Sweat, no questions he didn't have a Pro Bowl year. Um, the, the, the stud star of the draft that got Howie Roseman all the offseason pub for him selecting when the, the rest of the National Football League, how did you allow C- Carter to get all the way to Howie at number nine? He was great for eight weeks. And now he's kind of a guy running on empty and fuel and not much left and not much production, even though he did get a sack this past week, which could you tell from where you were in the the press box? Because I couldn't. And then they gave you a great low angle uh, shot of it. He whiffed on the sack that he got. Murray stepped up into the pocket and he just slipped. And fell down, and they gave him credit for touching him. Gotta and give it it credit actually- to somebody. That's why you
3: know I always say you got to look at each individual sack. And Chris Long says this all the time. You know, is it a coverage sack? Is it is it a quarterback sack? Is it what what's going on? Are you is the quarterback running to the line of scrimmage? Is it a one yard sack or a fifteen yard sack? There's so much context involved in it. Um yeah, the, the week before Shaq Leonard. That was it was a sack by definition because they gave it the definition. You push the guy out of bounds, two-yard loss, whatever it was. Who cares? Um, so it works both ways. Um, but overall, look, I'm not, you know, clearly Jalen Carter has hit the rookie wall. I think that's good. And by the way, Jordan Davis has hit the sophomore wall. You got to start talking about that. Those Georgia guys don't play. Yeah.
5: They
2: don't
3: play a lot. And you're going to have these issues. Well, let me,
2: I saw an interrupt. Is that fault of the Philadelphia Eagle coaching staff? We're saying it now here on birds, 365. 65. And oh, by the way, not the first time we said it, we said it when they were drafted. Now these are guys who don't play as many snaps as other defensive tackles and cause they're members of the Georgia Bulldogs And they got so much depth along that defensive line and they win every single game. So realize that they play less on the collegiate level. So be ready. Did the Eagles coaching staff, and and Davis is a bigger question because they've had two years to get him up to speed, is that the Eagles coaching staff problem? Or did maybe they reach to get a guy who is always going to be a limited snaps guy because either, A, he's incapable of building up the stamina to do it, or his skill set doesn't make him a three-down player. Who If Jordan Davis has been a disappointment, I'll raise my hand and say he has been, I know two guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, who wanted to see him draft Kyle Hamilton, who is looked like he could be a key player going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Where where does the underachieving Jordan Davis blame lie?
3: Um, Yeah, I would say in that category, Davis is is a bigger deal than Carter. I mean, it's up to anybody. And Jordan Davis, um, Jordan Davis, you know talked about conditioning all off season and knew we had to get better from that standpoint. And it looked better early in the season. Um, but it hasn't looked gr- uh, great again late. Um, long term. I, I just never thought the guy was going to be a great pass rusher. So I always used a hello Nada not a uh, example. And my concern, yep. you remember Jody, I said, I, I don't know if it's going to work because people are going to expect more. But if you just expect the two-down run stopper and and that kind of thing, I think it'll work out great. Um, but the expectations are what the expectations are, especially when you're drafted that highly and people want to see and I was going to say, and- the
2: expectations are not unfair. When you're taken in the middle of the first round, having expectations are reasonable. It's not outrageous to go, why isn't he getting sacks? we know he's not getting double digit sacks. Could he get two or three and could he be this great run? I don't know that he's, he's cashing in any of the chips, John.
3: Well, he was, he's, he's pretty good again, coming off one game, they were terrible, but he's a pretty good run defender already. Now he hasn't been not alike. And that's where I want him to get, right. You know, who was, you know, a five time all pro or whatever it was. and, you know, I think he was I'm I, I do not know, somewhere in the same range, twelfth thirteenth, the twelfth or thirteenth overall pick when Baltimore took him way back when. Um and you know, nobody had a problem with it because he turned into the player he was. People remember him at the end of his career here when he was on fumes, but in his prime he was tremendous. And um it I said, if you get that player, I'm fine with it. Um Has he been that player? No, but I I still think there's a chance. But he's got to improve the conditioning. And same with Jalen Carter. That's up to the player. I mean, the the rookie wall didn't start with Georgia defensive tackles. I mean, it's been around in the NFL for years for a reason. One, you don't play as much in general in college. Um, And two, but I think it's hyper-focused because those guys even play less. If you play defensive tackle at – Michigan, even, you know, who's going for a national championship. You're going to play a lot if you're a good player. Um, You know, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, but that dude played all the time and he's got his motor never stops. Um, And you go back to that argument of Trayvon Walker, take it out of Philadelphia versus Aiden Hutchinson. Well, guess what? Jacksonville made a mistake. And one of the reasons they made a mistake is because of that that, that ability for Hutchinson to play every single snap at a high level because of his conditioning, his motor, and all that stuff.
2: And I'll give you a guy, John. You talk about the rookie wall. Um, it's not an absolute. It's a pretty good, you can take a stance on it because if you judge all the play, put all the rookies in and judge them, I think you can draw a pretty good conclusion that these guys start to wear down. But it's not impossible that you can play through the rookie wall and go above and beyond the rookie wall. This kid, Kobe Turner from the Rams, has got nine sacks, nine. He's a third-round draft pick, and he's gotten more of them in the second half than he's gotten in the first half. So if handled correctly, if dedicated the way you should be, you can overcome the rookie wall. And the two Georgia guys are throwing, and too many media members here in Philadelphia, throwing hands up, oh, rookie wall. Oh, yeah. How can you expect there's the, the giving of a rookie wall? How about you defeat the rookie wall? How about you overcome the rookie wall? That would be nice. Well,
3: I, I would say from my, uh, to me, it's not an excuse. it's an explanation. I think he's hit the rookie wall. I'm not saying you can't overcome it. Agent in again, he didn't have no rookie wall. He doesn't, uh, the, 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 there's no, you're not, you're not forced to hit the rookie wall there are players right. all the time who who overcome it but it is a real thing and it is becoming a very real thing with high level georgia players for that exact reason they're just not used to playing
2: a lot and that's why i asked the question how much can we actually put on the eagle coaching staff for this that that they haven't been able to get the underused at the University of Georgia defensive tackles that they've used two first round picks on in the last two years to get not, not be knocked over by the rookie wall. Can we at least question the Eagle coaching staff that they haven't prepped them and done enough for the drop-off to be less precipitous than it has been for both of those. I guys? mean,
3: I guess you can look at the number of snaps and they should have been more judicious earlier in the season. I guess you can look at it that way. I would say it's more on the strength and conditioning staff, but okay, again, I that's
2: part of the coaching staff. That,
3: that, that to me is, is, is a multi-year thing. Offensive lineman. Um, There's a lot of offensive linemen in this league that got to get in an NFL weight room. They just got to get stronger um, because they're playing against real men, old man strength. And a lot of them aren't strong enough early in their career. And they get exposed a little bit and then they, you know, becomes their life and they don't have to worry about school and all that kind of stuff. And um, they, they develop two, three years down the road. Um, same thing here. They got to get better conditioning. I mean, there's no other avenue. Both Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis have to be better conditioned.
2: And since I'm given the Eagles coaching staff, which includes uh, weight staff and everything else, I got a big ass staff I'm referring to. That guy on the offensive side does a really good job. And a guy like Cam Jurgens who same as Jordan Davis was thrown into the deep end of the pool this year. And oh, by the way, offensive linemen play all the snaps when he's not injured. He's in there for every single snap. Cam Jurgens has been able to make that transition as a second round pick. But the two defensive Pro Bowl alternate,
3: three- who, by the way, has missed five games. So that helps him. But
2: uh, yeah, I don't know about Cam being a Pro Bowl alternate. But uh, oh, and Cam, Cam's. For me, it, give me the grade on all three of these players. Just everything they've done, John. Cam Juergens, Jordan Davis, uh, Jalen Carter. How would you rank them? Production this year, play this
3: year. Uh, yeah, you're not going to like it. I would say Jalen, number one, by far. Jordan, number two. Cam, number three.
2: You got Juergens third?
3: Yeah. Behind Davis? Yeah, Davis was very good early. I mean, I think you're. he was very good early in the season. He struggled later. I think overall, which,
2: which for, level team did Jordan Davis make a defensive tackle in the pro bowl vote? I just like to know.
3: He did not. He, he did that. Jalen is an alternate. And by the way, Jalen's uh, alternates are a waste of time, but he's a fourth alternate and uh, Cam is a fifth alternate. So they're way down the list. Like J- Jake Elliott, alternates are, you know, Jake Elliott's a first alternate. There's And Jake others. should go
2: because it's a skills
3: competition.
2: We got to get Jake there. Yeah. He could yeah. win the damn thing. Well,
3: it's hard to complain when the other guy who made it hasn't missed a kick. Hasn't missed a kick all so, year. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. 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 yeah,
2: yeah, so. uh, not saying he doesn't deserve, but yeah. all right. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Uh, we'll come back. We still got, oh, 40 minutes left. Oh. By and the way,
3: I got My my dog is losing her mind, so I'll be back. I got to get her out. I see Ed Kratz. So I'm going to be back.
2: I'm right. letting
3: everyone know. I'm doing. I'll be back.
2: Quality forty minutes with the big man Ed uh, Kratz coming up next here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes.
2: You got bird 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We got 300 and change of you streaming right now. Thank you very much for that. Hit the like button because Ed Kratz is on the show. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't love Ed Kratz? <laughs> Hit that like button right here, right now. Um, I'd right, uh Johnny Mac's gonna rejoin us here in yeah. just a second. But I put all of I put I put this to both John and to Mike Gill earlier, and we've had three different answers. Three scenarios for the Eagles this Sunday against the Giants. Number one, you can play everybody because you need to get back on the right course. You need to play as close to 2022 Eagles football as you can. Haven't done it this year. And even if it's against the Giants or less team, you just got to do it because you need it. Or you can take the middle of the road. We, we, we're we out to win. We're out to get a W until we know the Cowboys are winning and then, yeah, we're pulling into yours and we're protecting people and giving rest and not risking injury. If we can't catch the Cowboys or no, give them a week off, give everybody a week off. The chances are of uh, Ed Kratz's favorite player, Sam Howell beating the Dallas Cowboys is about yo big. So forget oh. it. Just pull them all, get ready. Everybody on the sidelines. Those are the three scenarios and, me, John, and Mike all landed on different ones. You are the tiebreaker, Ed Kratz. Sit them all. Sit them until you know the Cowboys win or play them all because you need to build up some momentum going into the playoffs. How you handling it if you're Nick Sirianni?
8: Well, I'm, I'm not sitting them all. I mean, imagine if my boy Sam Howe does go out and... Beats the Cowboys, who by the way are three and five on the road. Yeah. By the way, and
2: I, yeah. I, I apologize, I'm interrupting a lot today. John, would you like if he starts by sitting them all and you look up the the scoreboard and it's 17 14, no, Washington, Middleton, that. then you put your guys in? No. Would you go there, Johnny no. Mac? No, you
3: can't do that. That's why I start everybody. I score board watch. And if it's 21 nothing Cowboys, I say, all right. Hey, Jalen, thanks. Come on, sit here. Let me take a look at Marcus Mariota. Now, yeah. you can't not start people
8: and then put them in the game. No,
2: absolutely okay. not. Just checking on that. I, no. I agree.
8: Yeah, that's that's why I'm not doing it. What happens if, you know, Washington's up 17 nothing at halftime? That won't happen. But, you know, what if it's a close game and, you know, you didn't play anybody? You imagine that. You imagine the outcome, Oh, my God, yeah. Everybody and yeah. the Cowboys lose. Yeah. Uh, so you can't do that. I mean, you know, I think the smart play is – Plan B, like you said, is you play your guys, you scoreboard watch. If the Cowboys are up 17 nothing at halftime, then you pull your starters. And, you know, hello, Marcus Mariota. You know, try to give your guys a little bit of a break. I, I would have liked to have seen the thing just be a complete buy. You know, we know how, how poor that turf is in Meadowlands. Uh, you know, you could be risking some injury on that turf with some of your key reserves but this is where the eagles are and i wouldn't play them the whole game if that game is a blowout in washington and the cowboys are winning um you know i would i would pull them what happens if the giants beat them with your starters you know i mean there's already i think some confidence issues inside that locker room whether the players say it or not and they won't say it but there has to be some confidence issues uh, after the way they kind of limped through December. So you're
2: trying to mask the fact that this team is dead in the water I, think your starters, that's what you're suggesting?
8: I, I think that, yeah. I mean, what what's going to give you the confidence that you're going to play better in the final game of the season than you have all year, and you're going to beat the Giants 42-10? to 10? I mean, yeah, that would be a nice confidence boost, but I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, this team has been flawed all year, um, and, and I think that could backfire if you play everybody and you end up winning 31-30 or, you know, it's a real close game. I mean, the first meeting between these two teams kind of was, right? I mean, it went down to –
5: Last, uh, play.
8: last play last Achilles play poly ringo interception in the end zone so yeah. yeah i mean i i don't i don't know i don't think playing them all and and winning a close game is going to help them going into the playoffs
3: All right, Ed. Uh, uh, Yesterday was A.J. Brown Day. Uh, You weren't there because you had coaching duties. By the way, you got your uh, coaching gear on. I like that.
4: Yeah,
8: yeah. Just uh, wore it last night. Figured I'd throw it on this morning.
3: Is that
2: P for Philadelphia Eagles? What is that P there? Penridge.
3: Penridge Penridge. High School. Penridge uh, High School Wrestling. Dominant, uh, dominant program because of Ed Kratz. I'm going (laughs) to give him credit for that. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, you saw all AJ, and I—I I had a different take than most people. What 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 was the most important part of that for you? Do you think AJ? A lot of people are saying, "Oh, a press conference is going to turn it around for the Eagles." So I think that's silly, um, but I think people missed—they buried the lead. Not everybody, but I think they buried the lead.
8: Well, I—I um, I think you—you you were the one that wrote about it, and that was the fact that him and. Uh, Jalen Hurts kind of went off script at the end of the Seahawks game. Um, Am
3: I missing something? Why is that not a bigger deal? Maybe I'm wrong. Why is that not a bigger deal?
8: Well, I, I think it is a big deal. Um, that, that was a pretty big takeaway from that is that, you know, it almost looks like Sirianni isn't in control of what's going on on the field. If he lets his two-star players uh, kind of go off script and try to take a deep shot, it leads to an interception. Uh, we, you know, meanwhile, you have Kenny Gainwell sitting off to your left, you know, and we've rehashed this before, but you could have dumped it to him. Maybe he gains yeah. 20 yards and gets out of bounds, closer to field goal range. But, you know, Hertz and Brown were intent on taking that deep shot and it wasn't the right call. And Nick tries to cover up for it. And, you know, it, he sounded foolish when he said it that, well, we maybe we thought we would get a pass interference there. That You know, I mean, that right there. It was, was not a very wise thing to no. say. And and now we, we don't it like, because he was just covering yeah. up for Brown and Hertz going rogue. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. It shocked me. And, you know, I guess because there were so many other issues about people, you know, what's wrong with AJ? What's he complaining about? Yeah. Uh, to me. Uh, yeah. And he said, throw him the, you know, part of it is. There is the assumption that anytime a receiver is complaining or seen complaining, they're complaining about targets. There's like a million other reasons they could be complaining, but everybody boils it down to targets. Now, AJ always wants the football, and he said it. If if you throw it to me 105 times, I'll want it 106. Is that a bad thing when a great player like that wants the football?
8: No. No, you don't You don't want – remember when Matt Collins was here and he was saying, you know, about his – he wanted to play special teams. He wanted to be known as a special teams guy, not really a receiver. I mean, yeah. that's not what you want. I mean, that's yeah. the opposite of what A.J. Brown is. You want that in your receiver. And, you know, it was nice to hear him clear that up because that is the assumption a lot of people make when they see them on the sidelines arguing. It's about, hey, throw me the ball. You know, and Keyshawn Johnson – You know, back when he said, just throw me the damn ball, I mean, that was kind of the perception that we had of receivers is they want the football and they do, but it's not, doesn't mean they're on the sideline complaining about it when the cameras come zooming in. Um, I thought it was a nice, it was, you know, AJ Brown's very good. Yes. Uh, when he, when he talks, I mean, uh, he's about as honest as he can be, in my opinion. And, uh, he, he really cleared the air. I mean, he talked for almost 15 minutes yesterday, right? I mean, he was, And he said a lot of good things. And and that's, you know, just one of many good things he said is, hey, I'm not complaining about, you know, throw me the ball when I'm on the sidelines. But, yeah, I want the ball. And that's fine.
2: All these niceties about uh, A.J. Brown, I feel I need to balance the scale. He's the best wide receiver the Eagles I've ever had. All apologies to Mike Quick and Terrell Owens and anyone else. I think A.J. Brown's seasons have been the best ever in Eagles history. And he is a straight shooter and a good dude. And he doesn't lie. And he doesn't cover anybody else's butt, which is something he should be applauded for. His attitude of, I want the ball. I want it more. Forget 105, 106. Bring it to me. Like that, too. you got to be able to control your behavior. Going off on a sideline doesn't work. Refusing to talk after the fact doesn't work making your teammates that you then have to apologize to because they've got to answer questions about you because you won't answer your own question. We, does his greatness, give him a pass on that other stuff. Is that what I guess I'm asking both of you guys?
8: Yeah. You know, I think what's he 27 years old. I mean, you know, he's still, Fairly young, right? I mean, uh, I give him a pass. I, I thought it was pretty big that he apologized. And I was thinking to myself, would I want an apology if I was a player? Would I Would I care that much that the guy's not talking and I have to answer a couple of questions about him? Probably not. Um, it, it wouldn't matter to me if he apologized or not because I know the A.J. Brown, I'm in that locker room every day, and I'm, I'm speaking as a player now. I don't need to hear him say I'm sorry for that. And and yet he did take it upon himself to say I'm sorry, and and I give him credit for that. And, yeah, you could say, well, hey, he should talk after every game. Listen, a lot of players don't talk after games or in the locker room. Jason Peters never talked to us until after a game. Uh, we're starting to see Fletcher Cox not talk to us, not even after a game. Uh, so, you know, players do this, you know, more often than than we see or realize. And uh, I don't, I don't fault A.J. for that at all. He's still kind of growing into a role as a captain, as a leader, uh, and I give him credit for apologizing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just throwing in, Jody. I mean, this is one of the best players the Eagles have ever had. You know, Ed and I do that top 25 list every year coming into the season, after the season. I i had A.J. number two uh, behind Lane Johnson on the best 25 Eagles, the best pure football players. Right yep. now I have him number one. He's the best pure football player on the Eagles. We had Marcus Hayes on the show. And AJ wanted to talk to Marcus, by the way, yesterday. But we had Marcus on the show yesterday, and he called him the best player since Reggie White in Philadelphia Eagles history. And I started thinking, you know, he might be. Brian Dawkins, maybe. I, I, I They don't have players like this. So, yeah, if you have to put up with some idiosyncrasies, whatever you want to call it, whatever adjective you want, want to use, yeah, put up with it. This is a team that didn't have a 600-yard receiver for two consecutive years. Yeah. Now you got a guy cracking 1,400 for two consecutive years. Deal with it. If you're the Eagles, that's how I feel, Ed.
2: I don't disagree <laughs> with that.
8: Absolutely. I mean, his numbers, you mentioned the 1,400. He could go over 1,500 this this uh, Sunday. Had 1,496 last year, he's 50 yards away from, you know, topping that. Uh, I think he gets it. Um, 42 career touchdowns, you know, five years playing in the league. I mean, it's, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory here. And you're right. You put up with whatever whatever comes along with that. And really, it's not that much, to be honest.
2: All right, Eddie Kratz, I'll take you down a road that John and I have been down uh, for the last couple of days. That we're both kind of chagrined that that's the fact we deal with hypotheticals all the time. Maybe I deal with them more than anybody else because that's what I enjoy doing. And I think a percentage of fans like it, others hate it with a passion. Um, How bad is it going to have to get for Nick Sirianni to lose his job? Um,
8: Well, I, I, you know, listen, to me, when you see a head coach like Doug Peterson get fired after three years, um, you, you have to wonder, like, are Laurie and Roseman going to be happy with the way this season ended? Um, you know, I I would think not. Obviously, so I think Sirianni probably has to come to them with some kind of an idea of how to turn this thing around in the off season because they're not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. And you know, we we're, we're seeing how hard it is to get back. But I think he has to come up with an idea of how to set things right. And if that means you know cleaning house with your your coaching staff already they're going to go in search of a defensive coordinator um but i think he's probably got another year anyway to turn this thing around but if things don't get turned around next year you know he, he you could think
2: give, give me the percentage chance he gets fired this off season
8: maybe 2% uh very small percentage um you know maybe even lower than that uh, you know i think just based on what he's done, he's the only coach to have taken this team in his first three years on the job to the playoffs. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just had the Eagles won two games, you know, had they been 11 and five, what are they 11 and five right now? Had they been 11 and five? I mean, that's a good record. It's just how they got here after being 10 and one, you know, if they would have been, you know, if they would have lost a couple early and then won some and then lost another game here or there, that'd probably be okay. But it's just the way things have kind of gone off the rails here. Um, And now he's faced with adversity and we'll see if he can turn it around. But I think, yeah, he'll be back next year for sure. But I think the leash is a little bit shorter.
3: Yeah. And I still think here's how I describe it. Ed. I still think it's 0% that the Eagles would want to fire Nick Sirianni. However, I'm like you, I got to place it at a little bit that he doesn't return simply because we went through the Doug Peterson era and If Jeffrey Lurie and Howard Roseman go to Nick and say, all right, you got to gut this defensive coaching staff because we know when you don't meet expectations here, there are scapegoats and we already had one. Sean Desai still in the building, but he's a lame duck. He's going to be gone. Um, If he says, we're going to gut the defensive coaching staff and we're going to pick the new defensive coaching staff and Nick doesn't get to, approve it or have his say over it and then he gets angry over that. I think that's the way it can go sideways. But the Eagles are not going to say we're going to fire Nick sirian
8: Right, right. And that's what upset yeah. Doug Peterson was yes. He wasn't given that that power to pick his staff. And listen, I think Nick would be okay with it. I really do. I think okay, you know, bring in who you want and we'll make it work. Um, And you have to be careful, too, because, you know, the Eagles are playing a lot of young guys in this uh, system with DK McDonald as your DB coach. And they have Ringo, Ricks, Brown. They're all, you know, playing within the system. So you have to be careful, you know, who you're going to clean house, uh, who who you're going to kick out. Um, The linebacker play, is that personnel or is that, you know, DK Elliott? Um, You you know, the linebackers are just (laughs) subpar. I mean, personnel wise. So. Yeah, you'll you'll probably get rid of some guys, but you have to be careful who you get rid of because this defense is kind of growing with the young guys. And I think you're going to see even more uh, of Kelly Ringo and and Eli Ricks next year if the Eagles choose or try to move on from a James Bradbury. I doubt they move on from Slay, but who knows? But I think you're going to see more young guys. So do you want a new guy coming in to coach these guys in, in his way of doing things, or do you want to keep growing with what you have on the staff and with these young players?
2: Well, oh, here's the reason why I don't think it'll happen the way John's putting it out there. Hypothetically, it's all John saying. <clears throat> he moved on from Denard Wilson, if you believe him. When well, he asked Marcus about this earlier this week, he thinks it was yes. Yeah, Sirianni just said, "Yeah, no, Denard. Since I'm not going to make it a defense quarter, I'm going to let you go," and he did. He he threw Sean Desai under the bus. Uh, really, this guy needs to be re- At 8-1, and he took away third down responsibilities from him? Doug's problem was he was overly loyal. Once you became part of Doug's inner circle, God forbid anyone tell him to change anybody in his inner circle. I don't get that feeling from Sirianni. I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to, Die on that hill for somebody else. I think, uh, I
3: think he'd die on the hill for Kevin Petullo. Um, I think he'd die on the hill for certain guys. Who's the defensive
2: off-time. coach he'd die on the hill for this year,
3: John. No, probably not.
2: Probably uh, okay. Wouldn't. There you go. That's
3: but there I mean. are guys.
8: Maybe Tracy Rocker. No, maybe, maybe he does. <laughs> I think he died on the hill for Michael Clay last year when the special teams was under fire. You know, he yeah. refused to move on from Mike Clay. I mean, he, he kind of died on that yeah.
3: hill. There are certain guys he, he would protect and certain guys he probably wouldn't. And most of them he wouldn't are, are on the defensive side. I think that's fair to say, but um, yeah, anytime you start, anytime you start what, if you want to call it meddling, we we've had this discussion because we went through it with Doug Peterson and Howie and, and Jeffrey are going to be involved when the expectations aren't met. And obviously the expectations aren't met, but, I look at this team moving forward. Here's what I say, Ed. Despite all the talk about the offense, and we know the headlines, still a pretty good offense. Top 10 in most major categories, number two in third down offense, Um, number one and fourth down offense, eighth overall, seventh in points. Still pretty good. You can win with that. Maybe the style points aren't there all the time, but you can win with it. They can't win with this defense. My question is, does the return of Darius Slay, whenever that is, and that means less Ringo, less, less Ricks, who are young players getting better, but they're probably not ready right now. Um, Zach Cunningham gets back. That means less uh, Shaq Leonard, less Ben Bansumarin, Um Avante Maddox, who played terribly last week, and he's banged up again, but if he starts to get the rust off, are those three personnel changes enough to get the Eagles from bottom 5 defense to okay? Cuz that I think is the upside. It's just okay.
8: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think this defense, you know, is what it is and uh, you know, I don't think it was really good when those guys played. I mean, their past defense has been lacking all season long and you know, was that Sean Desai's fault? I mean, Sirianni seemed to think it was. And Matt Patricia has kind of been a bit of a disaster himself, right? They've given up 68 points in the second half of the last three games. You know, they've had leads at halftime in these last three games, and they've given up 68 points in the second half. I mean, I don't think Maddox – and Maddox was on the field for one of those games. And I don't think these guys are going to help. I mean, I think this defense is what it is. Um, I think it's a little worn out maybe. Uh, you know, up front, you're playing, you know, Brandon Graham probably more than he should be playing out of necessity. Uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, he's had some good games, but he's been a little inconsistent these last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's just a worn-out defense, and I don't think Slay at 33 now or 32. No, however just he... turned
3: 33 this week.
8: 33. Uh, I mean, birthday, I, I don't Slay. think he's going to be a, that much of a difference maker. We saw him when he was in there, and, yeah, he played, you know, he played okay about the same as he played last year, which was pretty good, but he's not going to make a difference. Maddox, we saw, didn't make a difference. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Zach Cunningham was a the guy they signed in the summer. I mean, he's, he's a stopgap guy. Yeah, he hits and he tackles and this and that, but he's not – You know, he's not a top flight linebacker. He is what he is at this point in his career. The Eagles need to go out and find somebody that they can bring in and and man these positions that that are that are better than what they have.
2: Right. But that's 2024. We gotta get to 2023
8: first. Yeah, that's right. All
2: right. So here's the question after you two guys could you could answer you're there. I'm not. Any defensive players over the last several weeks, off the record, say yeah, what was done to Sean Desai is just flat out wrong. We suck. We're not playing. We're not getting it done. It wasn't to Sean. It wasn't Sean's fault. Why they did them? That there is there any disagreement or remorse that they cost their coach's job? And does it continue to be there because they've gone down this unconventional road, road of Hey, you're still the defensive coordinator in name only, and you can eat all the sandwiches you want up with Ed Kratz in the press box during halftime, but you're not actually going to be calling any plays here, big guy. I just think they've handled this thing so wrong across the board. Do any of the guys on the defense feel that way?
3: Well, I would say before Ed, off the records, off the record. So I, I, am right, not asking be, to name names, but I'm just but, asking. But any I would say I feel that way. I would point to AJ Brown, which has nothing to do with the defense of what AJ said yesterday. None of the coaches have cleats on. I, I, I would say I would lean on that. I don't think it's Sean DeSais fault. My, my personal, they're limited defensively. Uh, personnel-wise. They're limited, as Ed pointed out. They're just not good on defense. And they're not going to be good with Sean Desai or Matt Patricia or if you want to fire Matt Patricia this week and let DK McDonald call the plays or you want to bring somebody in or Big bangio gets fired in Miami, you want to bring him in, they're still going to be bad. Um, that 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 would be my take on it.
8: Yeah, I agree. You can't. You know, listen, I've talked to some of the defensive players and they hate to see Sean Desai lose his job. They like Sean Desai. I think he's a good guy. Um, It was a little inexperienced Did they have some uh, lack of trust in what what he was asking them to do. I I think so. Um, But, you know, it's water under the bridge at this point. You know, you have to move on with Patricia. And, you know, he's got this resume that so far just hasn't matched up with what we've seen these last three games that he's been in charge with. And, you know, you know the players have to live with that, you know, because like A.J. said, it's the players that have to go out and execute, and the players weren't doing that. And, you know, it reaches a point where – you know, like BG, BG's too old, I think. You know, he's not going to come back. And Fletch, I'm not sure he's going to come back. So, you know, you have to start remaking this defense a little bit, add some speed, add some youth. And, Uh, You know, I think Desai was kind of the victim of that. And it, it was curious to hear Patricia when he spoke to us earlier this week say that he's got to do a better job in series, these long drives that the Cardinals were going on. He wasn't quick enough to make adjustments, which is surprising that he's been in this league for so long. He didn't make adjustments. So I'm thinking, well, what's Sean Desai doing? up in the press box, isn't he supposed to be helping you in the headset saying, Hey, we got to try this because whatever you're doing, isn't working. You know, like what, what is his role exactly? I don't, I don't really think he has a role. No, you know, he's just kind of the figurehead and he's going to be gone. And, uh, you know, I haven't even seen him at, we don't get to watch a lot of practices during the week, but I haven't even seen him the last couple of weeks on the field. Well, I
3: think at Sean's defense, we were all excited to see the omelet guy. Ed, so he was probably
8: excited <laughs> as well. Um Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, and, um, didn't
2: get, didn't get up to the window early enough to see Sean decide, come out and then disappear again. Shame <laughs> um, on you. Shame on you omelet men. Do your uh, job. Don't be eating yeah. omelets. Uh, it just, they, they've so mishandled this. It's, it's yeah.
3: I, like I said, have, should have fired him. Should he shouldn't be there, but right. I mean, if, if you talking him, about not yeah. making
8: adjustments and I'm like, well, that's what the size there. Aren't you guys supposed to be yeah. collaborating and yeah. you know, this shouldn't happen that you're, you, you know, you're, you're still calling the same stuff on this long drive that you can't stop. What's Sean doing? Where, maybe he's at the omelet bar. Maybe we need to do a better job looking around when we're yeah. uh, in line at the omelet bar. Yeah. Maybe Where Sean's next funny? to us.
3: You, uh, you I, I, know, I know, I know, Diceko would have told us if it was there because he's, you know, he's, he's, on he's posted left. up, he's posted up at the omelet bar. And yeah. uh,
2: Kratz, all right, so we, Ed Kratz, I one um, last question. I know we gotta let you go. Um, give me Sam Howe's numbers, give me good news. <laughs> come on, come on, jump you on that head. You've been numbers? a Sam Howe guy all year. You've been taking, I had to bend over backwards and tell, her uh, he's better than I thought. Uh, How Ed Kratz was right, Sam can play a little bit little bit. Just a little bit. That's all it is. But tell me he's got one more game in him this week against the Cowboys, Eddie.
8: No, nah, I don't think so. I think the Cowboys smell blood in the water, and they're going to find a way to beat Sam Howell down. They're going to sack him a few times. Hey, listen, that team is not very good, the Commanders. They, no, they didn't not. get a single player on the Pro Bowl team. And I know there's snubs and this and that, and the Pro Bowl doesn't mean as much. It still means a lot to the guys. But Washington didn't even have a Pro Man. Bowl player. Oh, so, sure. you know, you want to pin it on Sam Howell, that that team just needs to be rebuilt, man. They're just not and they will. Josh Harris will
3: new coach, probably a new quarterback. They're gonna they're gonna rebuild the whole thing at Kratz E on X Twitter, SI.com backslash NFL, backslash Eagles. Make sure you read them every day there. Um all right. Uh, we just talked about Sean DeSai. So long term, um, does that hurt Nick Sirianni with potential co- – or the Eagles organization? In other words, do other potential defensive coordinators look at this and say, well, you're not even going to give this guy a season? Does that does that affect their ability to recruit others or you just put an extra zero on the paycheck? No, yeah, I don't think it
8: hurts. Um, Listen, there's only what 32 defensive coordinators in the NFL, and if you're a position coach, you're going to want your shot, and you're going to be egotistical enough to think, "Hey, I'm better than Sean Desai. I'm going to come in and I'm going to last. I'm going to be the guy that's going to turn this thing around." I mean, that you know, the league's full of those guys. So, yeah, I don't think it hurts at all. And listen, the track record isn't all that bad. You had Jonathan Gannon here who turned that job into a head coaching position. So, you know, it's not a terrible. Uh, spot, Yeah, okay, maybe they screwed up on hiring Desai. And I know there's a lot of talk that he came along late in the hiring process. The Eagles didn't hire their D.C. until a lot of guys were off the market. Uh, but I don't think a coach looking at this job from the outside, an assistant coach, is going to say, hey, I, I don't want to go there because they're not going to give me any time. No, I don't think it's going to work like that.
2: Wow, that's a great question, John. And now you got me thinking. I'm going to have to come up with the perfect guy who could get a defensive coordinator position elsewhere. Or it's already in a defense quarter position where he is, but the Eagles say that they can't talk to him. Wouldn't that won't I that's a good debatable point? I'm gonna have to uh, give some thought. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm gonna have to give some thought to that. Good answer by you, Ed Kratz, which is always what we get when we punch Ed Kratz up. Good answers. The Pen Grove monster. Ed Kratz, here with us on Birds 365.
8: Penridge. 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 Can I say Pen Grove? Yeah, Penridge. The now, where the hell is Penridge? Bucks County, uh, just outside of Doylestown.
2: Grove yeah. is South Jersey, right? Uh, over here in South Jersey. I,
3: you have to talk to Ruben about that. Ruben knows every high school in the tri-state area. Really? I'm not, I'm not as well versed on that.
2: Ridge uh, in Bucks County. I'm sorry, I misidentified the killer. No problem.
3: Yeah.
2: Ed Kratz coaches. Uh, Coach, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, we'll talk to you during My the pleasure. playoff run. Thanks, right, Ed. Thanks, thanks guys. Eddie Kratz, Sports Illustrated here with on Bird Street sixty five. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We got one more segment to go. Don't even think about streaming out. G-L-E-S Eagles. I've run out of time on a Thursday edition of Birds 365. Um, Let's end on a high note. Wink, wink, nod, nod, sarcasm. Um, The coach mentioned it several times over the last eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever, when when Britton Covey got off to a good start. Uh, he started lobbying for Britton Covey to make the Pro Bowl as the best punt returner in the NFL. And I can buy into what the coach is saying, that he might be the best punt returner. Covey did not make the Pro Bowl. Rashid, uh, the kid from the Rams, did. he yeah. Saints. Because, right? but Saints, he both returns punts and kickoffs. Yes. And oh, by the way, plays from the line of scrimmage too. So they get a lot out of him. Covey doesn't real I know he had one ball thrown his way in a game two weeks ago, whatever, but we know Britain, he's a punt returns. What he is. Did the coach do him dirty by not putting him back for kickoffs this year, Johnny Max?
3: Um, no, I I think those are and that you're right. I mean, that's why and Keyshawn Nixon, I would say, from Green Bay as well. Uh, that's why those guys are a little bit better or a little bit more regarded because they can do both. But there are different uh, traits to being a kickoff returner and a pump returner. Darren Sproul perfect example of this as well. Great, one of the best pump returners of all time wasn't a kickoff returner by and large. Um, so, yeah, I mean. He's not a kickoff returner, so I don't think he did him dirty right. at all.
2: Well, here's, here's the reason I think I'm at least eligible to ask the question. Boston Scott's a kickoff returner?
3: Um, Not a great one, but he's the best one the Eagles have. Um, You don't I think Cuppie
2: can be as good? No, no.
3: Um, Kickoff returns is about, you know, making that first guy, breaking the tackle, and having long speed. So what you really want, and I always bring him up, Daryl Patterson, best kickoff returner of all time in my estimation. Very powerful, breaks that first tackle, and then bang, he's got the long speed. Um, pump returners are more about the short area quickness, got to make yep. the first, second guy miss, and then get going. So guys who can do both, like Nixon to me is the best. He hasn't had a great season, but he's, he's the best returner in football, and he can do both. Shahid can do both. Um, but there aren't a lot of guys
2: who do both. it's it's they are two
3: kind of different traits to
2: have. I agree with you, but it is uh, we've got examples of guys who can do both, so it can be done. Oh yeah, you Haster probably players. the
3: greatest of all time um and he he might even go to the Hall of Fame, but like Cordarrell, he can't return punts like he's not a punt returner. um yeah. Uh, it's 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 kind of difficult, um, but so guys who can do it, give them a lot of credit. They deserve the Pro Bowl nods that they got.
2: It. All right, uh, brother, is tomorrow a uh, off-the-record day, or you're on your usual schedule? Uh, I'm. Or... Gonna, it, it
3: is, but I'm going to be here for the whole show because they kicked it back an hour. So uh, okay, good. So and we're going to have Chris uh, Franklin as well. So he's got to bail out and go down with me. Uh, Sounds good.
2: You'll both be out by 10 o'clock. You'll both be down talking to Siriati. We'll both be, you and I, back here on Birds 365 in two and two.
0: You've been listening to Birds 365. 365.